Welcome to the 9 to 5 Killers podcast, an explorative and insightful journey inside the minds of some of the most successful entrepreneurs who have killed their day jobs to pursue their passions. Welcome to season four, episode one of the Nine Five Killers podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Graham. Today, our guest is a thought leader and serial entrepreneur who has started three successful businesses from scratch. The first business is Chivalry, a gentleman's salon founded in 2013, located in downtown Dubai, voted as one of the top premier barbershops by GQ, Esquire, and Time Out. In 2017, he launched 35 Burgundy, an exclusive leather brand catering to people who appreciate quality leather and simple designs. And in 2020, he launched Aficionados PR and Comms to support businesses he believes in to ensure they are given the proper exposure they deserve in a saturated market. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce Mr. Mustafa Abbas to the 95 Killers podcast. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you here, Mustafa. Thank you, Glenn. Glad to be here. How many brothers and sisters do you have? You have a family, a big family or a small family? I have no brothers, two sisters, so we're three. I'm not exaggerating. I have hundreds of cousins. Got to give you a shout out. We met on Clubhouse. I was surprised to find you there because when I first joined people, I had a couple of interactions with some folks and I was a little put off by it. And then somebody said, you know, I thought about it. I said, you know what? You might run into certain people, just leave the room and stuff. But when I met you and a few other people, I was pleasantly surprised. So what were you doing on Clubhouse? First of all, as a business person, what were you doing on there? So the interesting thing is uh, one of my friends told me about it. He said, listen, they have these nice rooms over there and, you know, you... Uh, you, you'd, you'd enjoy uh, having a conversation with like-minded people. And, uh, you know, I can, I can easily say my cousin was very, very right. I mean, I think it was your, the name of your room that attracted me to it. You really did it, did it justice. It really is that great value. The things you talk about, the topics of your room, they're so, like, stimulating because it's, it's a question on its own. It really makes you think. So I'm actually very grateful I met you. You're a very interesting guy. You're intellectual. You ask amazing questions. Thank you so much. When I first got on there, I, I decided to create the, the room Small and Great Value. So shout out to any Small and Great Value listeners. Mustafa, you are one of the people that whenever you show up, you don't even have to say much. And people already, oh, man, I, I'm going to stick around and see what Mustafa has to say. And I, and I definitely feel that way as well. So I'm delighted to meet you as well. I think that a lot of people miss out on the value of Clubhouse and other social media because they, they go into it thinking, hey, I'm gonna meet somebody make, and make money and whatever. So I never look at people's profiles. I, I never look at their profiles. I never look and see what they're doing. When I'm talking to them, it's only when they say stuff that hits me and I'm like, oh, I like what they're saying. Then I will go look eventually. So I'm happy that I never looked to see what, see what you were up to because what it did for me was it freed me up from making any kind of assumptions. Like I would have made the assumptions, like not to your fault, but a lot of assumptions I make about business people who are successful is that they're going to be rude and arrogant and they always have an angle. And I never felt that about you. What, <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think about that? Where do you think that kind of thought comes from? And how do you stay above that? I don't know if I would say I'm successful. Thank you for saying that. I, I for me, it's, it's, there's always the, the, the next step, the next milestone, the next, you know, the journey versus destination thing. I think what, what is very important is when you have your values intact, 
when you build, when you focus on your own growth as a human being, when you focus on these things that are, you know, right versus wrong, and your character is built, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm there, I'm just give, speaking generally, when your character is built, and um, let's say you, you as a person, you, Glenn, you're, you're successful internally, and then you achieve external success, that external success is going to be much, much more secure now. Because um, you know that, yes, um, it is an achievement, but it, it's not everything there is to you. It doesn't define you uh, entirely. Because you know that the most imp important thing is not what you get, it's who you become, it's what you become. So I think that's very important. It, it's, a, it's a very big shame when you see someone having this huge external success and they haven't really worked on themselves as human beings. Um, un unfortunate thing is when it happens to someone who's young, you know, someone in uh, like uh, maybe a guy in his early 20s, you know, he uh, got famous, he became a, you know, worldwide sensation, pop star, whatever, then yeah, it can get to you because you don't have that foundation. So that external success is going to define you. And it's gonna, as we say, get to you and you might become, you know, quote unquote, arrogant and think you're better than people. And but when you have your right values, it's not for anyone. It's not for sale. It's yours. You know, you have that, that what's right and what's wrong. And it's going to stay right and wrong no matter how much money you have or don't have. It's, it's not for sale. So when you have that, then you, you have that foundation. And then it, money doesn't, you know, we've been told so many lies when we were kids. Uh, money is the root of all evil. Uh, blah 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 it's money is not good or evil money is an amplifier if you have it god bless you i'm sure if you're a good person you're going to do more good with it money or a position of power of any kind you, you put a man in any of these situations and the reality is going to come out it was always there good yeah. bad and now it's just it, you've given it a platform to to come out in so that's how wow. i look at it no i, I like that and what you said about it being an amplifier and, and we've all heard those things about money. Have you ever came across a person who seemed a certain way and then when they got the money, they seem to have changed? The rich person doesn't have to say he or she is rich. And the, the same thing applies to wisdom. I think there's one person I can think of when, when I was a teenager, there was a, a distant relative and uh, you know, he, he, he did very well for himself. And, uh, and then people were like, you know how much this guy has? I'm like, no, because he's, he's so humble from what he drives to the way he dresses to. And people kept complimenting his character. He's such a sweet guy. And I think that's when I started thinking about it. You know, that's when I started kind of uh, unlearning and relearning the whole philosophy behind money and good and bad. Yeah. What I found out about you was I found out when you did an article What's the name of that that magazine again? It was a recent one. It was on your YouTube. Yeah. It was on your Instagram. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was a well, magazine called Luxpresso. Luxpresso, yes. Shout out to Luxpresso. Yeah. But when I read that article, I was like, "Wow, this guy has done so many different things." But what really kind of moved me was how nice you were and how sweet you were and how like intellectual you were in in terms of how you articulate yourself. And none of the things that I felt in that article it was all like you said it was all about your character I was, just from your character i was like i was trying to figure out a way 
and and two has to work together and this interview is like i was like oh he's an entrepreneur and i interviewed entrepreneurs so it was like i wanted to do that before reading the article so to your point you. it was all about who you were and how you carried yourself that i was interested in what makes you not gravitate towards the side of gatekeeping and trying to hold on to secrets and not share well, I mean, uh, it, it would be very nice to say that, you know, it's it's everything is for everyone. But, you know, we go back to your uh, story of your cousin getting in touch with you and wanting something. You got to weigh it out. So uh, am I, you know, for example, I'm, I'm sure you have nephews and nieces. Yeah. Yes. So uh, depending on their age, you know, you, you might decide that actually this this kid is at the right age to hear this advice. And then you might look at another nephew or niece and think, you know, this kid is actually not because this advice can actually confuse this person. So I think you need to weigh it more based on like your opinion of where they are in life, because if you give them too much, it can backfire maybe. And you don't want to be responsible for that. So you want to make sure that this person is actually ready to hear what you have to say. Um, now, if they asked you for your advice, that's amazing because that means, you know, they want to grow. They might have a growth mindset, whether they realize it or not, even though having a growth mindset is not always inherent. So if someone asks you for advice, um, you know, like, like say a teenager comes to you and says, Glenn, um, can you teach me how to be like you? You know, can, can, you, can you teach me how to, what books do you read? So that's fascinating. So when someone asks these amazing questions, they're probably ready. Right. You know, no, I, I love when someone that. Someone says... Uh, yeah, someone says, hey, you know, I just, uh, you know, I just want to make money. How can I make quick money? Then you're probably going to, you know, choose your words <laughs> more carefully, I think. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's a good one. And, and, and something that's very interesting is it, it happened already. Someone, uh, it happens all the time, but somebody asks me, um, what book, right? What's the book that you read that, you know, and I, and I told them because I was thinking, it's, it's so funny. I was thinking exactly what you said. And I said, I'm going to tell you something what I've learned from reading book, different books. But I, I noticed something the only thing they've ever provided me with was inspiration. They never gave me a how-to to anything. And so what that does is you already have the inspiration because you want the book, you're seeking it out, and you just wanna hear the things that you're thinking in your mind, and you want somebody to validate them. So I told this person, I said, no matter what you feel in that, or, or read in that book, you're gonna have to go out and you're gonna have to execute. What do you think is some of the things that you do that makes you take inspiration to execution? Well, I think if we're talking about um, books as an example, there's always going to be a click. So you might read, let's say, the most important book on earth and you, you're a man of good values. You're a man of, you know, you have, you have your, your morals, you have your ethics, and it's very easy to see that, that, you know, Glenn has his values and he has, he's clear about what's right and what's wrong and what, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And you give that same book to someone who whose values are, you know, like, um, you know, not, not as intact. Um, the two of you are going to process it very differently, in my opinion. Right. So th there's going to be one or two things that you click with that click with you and you'd be like, yes, yes. And as you said, maybe, you know, this thing already. Maybe you don't. Maybe you learned something new. Maybe it reassured you of something you already knew. And this other person might totally understand something else. You know, maybe if, if this person doesn't have, let's say, uh, good intentions, maybe they'll process it very differently and they'll use it for, you know, personal gain or whatever. So I think more importantly is your sense of right and wrong. 
Yeah, because you, you can have intelligence, but it doesn't mean you have uh, ethics. doesn't mean you have good values if you have intelligence. So to, to the thing that we want to achieve, wisdom, we, we need to strive for both. We need to strive for intelligence. We need to strive for kindness, be more responsive, less reactive, etc. Oh, man, I love that. And something that you said about being responsive and and knowing what is the outcome you want. So let's, I think sometimes if somebody goes into something already thinking, this is what I want, and when they don't get it right away, they shut down. If a person was going to start and, and hope to, to get to a certain place in life, what would you advise them on top of doing the reading? Don't sell your soul. That's the number one thing. Your, the most important thing is your integrity, your honor. Without it, you are nothing. Without honor, without integrity, you are nothing. If you don't have right and wrong, you're like, yeah, I'll steal from this person. I'll con that person. I'll get... you're, you're nothing. And, and even if you don't go to jail, the universe will not let you get away. Okay? <laughs> so <laughs> nobody gets away with anything. Whether you see it, whether you don't see it, whether, you know, justice will be served one way or the other. So, yeah. So, yeah, just hold on to these things. And uh, I think that the stronger you become as a person, the stronger your character becomes, um, you don't feel things like temptation because you're just like it's wrong. And it's just forget it. It's not even an option. It doesn't even cross your mind. So that's it. Just hold on to, to your integrity. That's the most important thing you have. And don't sell it. So when, when you have it, when you have integrity, when you have honor, you're like, okay, there's only one way to get things done. There's only one way to succeed. And that is the right way, the honorable way. But when you, when you don't have your honor, when you don't have, there's a million ways to succeed. There is a million ways to succeed. And if you sell your soul, guess what? Your soul costs a lot of money. So you'll make a lot of money. But if you hold your soul and you hold your honor and you attract that success by who you become, now you've earned the success. It's not transactional. You know, you've earned it. You've attracted it. It's added more layers to your honor and to your soul. So hold on to it. That's some great advice. And I think that when um, I was I, literally I was online today and I was uh, I posted something and I got a comment that was like, hey, you know, if you want to build, I'm, I'm building, I just started my YouTube channel. And the person said, if you want to build your, your channel, you have to ride the wave. And I said, you know, I'm, my goal is to attract the people who have been always on the wrong side of the wave, at the bottom of the wave, the underdog that doesn't think they have ever been able to get a break and to know what that feels like, but, but not to quit. And I don't need a million followers to do that or subscribers. I just need a few strong people that know what it is that they want to accomplish. Everything is not about business. Like I make friendships. There's so many different ways, like you mentioned. Do you ride waves or do you create waves? Well, uh, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Some people do things because everyone's doing it. So it becomes quote unquote okay. Some people don't do it because everyone's doing it. In my opinion, I think your intention determines where you end up. That's my, that's my opinion. So whether everyone's doing it, whether nobody's doing it, do what feels right to you. Even if everyone's doing it, even if nobody's doing it. But don't base it because everyone or no one is doing it. Man, <laughs> I've never heard it. I'm going to have to ask you more about that. I like that.
let's say for example everyone is 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 coaching and you get on a platform and you decide hey i'm going to coach but I've, I've always wanted to do it do you do it anyway even though in that space it seems to be saturated because of your intention i, I mean look when we when we started the barbershop here and uh, my, my barbershop my salon it's called chivalry we opened in 2013 a lot of similar barbershops started popping up after so uh, yeah, I mean, to be completely honest with you, if, if we didn't open it then, and let's say now it's 2022, and yeah, it, it could could be discouraging, maybe, yeah. It, you might think that, okay, there's too many of them. Like, for example, uh, there's a lot of restaurants in Dubai, but particularly burgers. There's too many of them. There's too, too many of them. So, yeah, it can, you might feel like it's saturated, so I probably won't do it. But then I guess it depends how passionate you are about it. It depends how deeply connected this passion is to you. So if, if you come from a family that makes the perfect burger and it was always your dream, it doesn't matter how old you are. You have to pursue it. It's not going to leave you alone. You, you just did it. You just answered that question so perfectly because there are a lot of burger places in New York City. But your answer just kind of um, sealed the deal. And I'll tell you how. Because while there are, there are hundreds, thousands of places to get burgers in, in New York City, there's only a few that I would go to. <laughs> so to, to the point of it is, if you do it right, yeah, you, I mean, the presentation, uh, the the size, the taste. I only go to this maybe one or two places for burgers, even though there are thousands that I could go to. So that that kind of goes to your your question: What is saturation? Um, and that kind of goes to individuality. So I want to ask you more about your barbershop. So what? Do you, so sure. now that these other those other places popped up, what yeah. makes your barbershop different? Um, not that you're comparing. Well, it's interesting you say that because honestly, Glenn, I've never done anything for competition. I've never done anything for competition. I mean, I my since I was I think 17, 18, I wanted a place where you know gentlemen could go and hang out and feel good and unwind and that was that was the idea that was the main inspiration i don't look at the competition i don't know if it's right i don't know if it's wrong i don't know i don't do that for me it's just how can we improve and i tell my guys at the salon the barbers the managers we're not the best because we've hit a certain peak we're the best because we're always learning because we're always improving and we learn by our mistakes we learn by wanting to improve something we learn by fine-tuning polishing we don't learn by comparing never Never, 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 never. I don't feel like, oh, they're doing it. We got to do it also. I don't feel that. I don't feel that at all because that, to me, that's not, it won't convince me on a deep level. Maybe for a second, you'll feel an impulse sometimes, maybe. But I think it's important to, you know, maybe sleep on it or evaluate it before you act on it. That's great advice. My follow-up would be, do you think that comparison, what about observation? Let's say if I observe that these people are doing this here and I don't like the way that makes me feel. Would you be, are you opposed to observing what others are doing and then making decisions about what you want to do? I think it's more important to listen to your target, your clients, your, you know, giving them the best experience. So if, if I have a guy who's been coming to me for five years and he, you know, he tells one of the guys, listen, I think you guys could do that. We will look into it immediately because it's, a, it's, it's about, you know, this person's experience it would give them a better experience. So we look into it immediately. I think that's, that's where the most valuable feedback can come from, people that are using your product. Oh, I love it. And one of the things I wanted to ask you is 
outside of just having the barber business, you have another business. So tell us a little bit about that business. How did you get that one started? Well, I have a few of them, so I don't know which one you're talking about. <laughs> I think the film, the film industry business, you, 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 are, uh, you do films, yes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I write and I direct movies. Um, you know, the, the film industry is still developing in the UAE, in the Emirates. It's, it's still got a, a bit to go. Movies do come out. They do uh, reach an international audience, but there's still a long way to go to reach that uh, huge scale, I would say. So it's, it's up and coming. You know, we... Uh, my last film was a short movie called The Long Game. We won uh, 15 or 16 awards. Uh, did pretty well in the short film world. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the thing that, you know, we would not sacrifice, what I was telling you about earlier. That's what's deeply connected to my soul. So, um, yeah. If I wanted to watch that, how could, how could we watch it if we wanted to? Is there any way? Because um, I would yeah. love to make that available if possible. So uh, uh, there's a movie I made called Sunset State a couple of years back. That's online. It's widely available. It's on YouTube. Uh, the long game is still going through festivals. It's not uh, uploaded yet, but uh, but you know I'll I'll be I'll be sharing it with you as soon as it is. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. What made you decide that movies were something that you were interested in, and how did you decide to approach it? Well, I think to be completely honest with you, if, if we go uh, 10, 15 years back and you told me I'd be a, an entrepreneur or a business person, I wouldn't, wouldn't have believed you. So movies came first, to be completely honest. Uh, that was the main calling. That was the main thing that, you know, my, uh, I wanted to do because I, I was just writing story after story. My friends, cousins would come over on the weekends. We'd film stuff when I was 12, 13 years old. So uh, that was always there. But then I, I saw that, you know, I, I also felt responsible for, you know, some of the family businesses that already existed. Um, so I kind of got involved uh, in there, I think, uh, maybe 16, 17 years back, but not as much as, as I got involved in the last, uh, I would say, 10 years. Last 10 years, I got heavily involved. Um, so I compiled what, you know, the existing businesses that we had. I started uh, some new businesses and I formed a group. That's what I did. So, yeah, I felt, you know, it's, it's a, felt responsible to, to do that. So I think the biggest lie anyone will tell you is that you're only meant to do one thing in this world. If you can love a number of things, you can do many things. But what do you think about focus, though? Like, let's say I use myself for an example. I can do a lot of things, but because I can do a lot of things, does it mean that I should do them? Well, you see, the thing is, um, in my opinion, the, the solution or the answer to that is discipline. So you, you finish what you start. And as you said, you focus on, on what you're working on currently. So if, if I want to make a movie and I want to start a business, I'm not going to be able to do it at the same time. So I'm going to go make my movie. I'm going to wrap up my movie. I'm not going to rush. I'm going to you know, give it what it deserves, give it the time and the energy that it deserves. And once it's done and I feel like it, it is completed, then I can go and start my business. Maybe I'll take a, a year in between them because it's two huge projects. So I think it's important to, one, focus on one thing at a time. Two, finish what you start because... The most important thing is you building that credibility with yourself, having that discipline. Oh, no, I think that's that's amazing advice. And also, um, when you finish what you start, you also build 
a trust with the people that see you building it. Because when they see you pick up something and put it down and grab something else, it could also make people think, well, I don't, I don't know how long they're going to do that. But something that you also said about like that I wanted to add to was when you talked about if you want to do multiple things, right? Starting the thing, finishing it. What do you think about delegating tasks to somebody else so you're not on top of everything, but you check in with them, you, um, you have meetings, but you don't need to necessarily be there to do everything, especially when you're an entrepreneur. You can't have your hands, um, you know, deep in everything. And the keyword here is deep. You can't have them in everything at the same time. That's impossible. It doesn't matter how talented, how intelligent, how focused you are. Some things are just not a one-person job. So, yes, of course, the managers, sorry, the businesses have managers. Uh, they run the show. I get involved. So, basically, it's like, I think the best way for me to describe it is you, you build a boat. You build a ship. And you get a captain for the ship. And you teach the captain how to sail the ship and you give them, you know, directions on where to go. And every now and then you go like a little faster here, a little slower there. Turn right here. There's, there's a little, you know, there's a there's an iceberg. ahead. <laughs> Turn right, <laughs> you know. But uh, so you're yeah, you're delegating. You're not you're no longer sailing the ship completely. But every now and then you'll be like, you know what? This part is bumpy. I will sail. Um, but it's always better when you teach them how to sail. Instead of you saying, you know, give me the wheel. So <laughs> you're not that helping anyone as sense. even though it's a quick fix, it's it's not a long term solution. Oh no, no. Well well said. And 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 how you gave the, the example with the boat, beautiful, because I think as an entrepreneur we sometimes we want to paint the boat, we want to sail the boat, and we want to <laughs> sell the tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So my question to you, um, I almost forgot to ask you this, is what made you decide to get into the entrepreneurial world? Like, did you ever have a, 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 nine, a, a typical nine to five or work for somebody and then decide that you wanted to do your own thing? Or have you always worked for yourself? No, I think, uh, you know, I, so I was, I was saying this to one of my friends recently. Um, so we have this group, me and uh, three, four other guys, all entrepreneurs, all business owners. And we always, you know, bounce off each other's ideas, give each other advice, etc. So I've started three businesses from scratch, but I handle uh, six different businesses. Not, of course, I'm not counting the movies as a business. That's, you know, that's it's still, uh, but, you know, purely as a business, I handle six businesses and three of them have been, I've started from scratch. Three of them uh, were there in the family before, three from scratch. Um, and I totally forgot your question. Wait, <laughs> so the bar <laughs> So wait, so the barber, I want to just because you you said yeah. something that kind of caught, caught me. So the barbershop business was a yeah. from scratch business, right? Yes. What yes. are the other two businesses? Okay, so the barbershop uh totally from scratch, chivalry. Um we're in downtown Dubai. Uh the other one is I uh founded a leather brand called 35 Burgundy. And um then I started a PR agency called Aficionados PR and Communications. Okay, so now I'm going to re-ask that question. I'm going to I'm going to dive into those two into those two businesses. But the question that I asked was, um, had you ever worked? So I guess your family business might have been considered like you worked for somebody because it was the family, but it was there, right? And then you decided because you could have because I know people who have who have started in family business and stayed in the business. They haven't felt moved to create something new. What made you decide? 
to create something on your own outside of what your family right, had already built. Right, right. Um, so this is, uh, thank you for saying that again. So this is why I brought up, uh, <laughs> I brought up my, you know, my entrepreneur friends is because um, this actually, you know, I actually told them, I'm like, I, I don't even know when exactly I, I, like how and when did I start, uh, did I start three different businesses? So then when you look uh, back in hindsight, it's like you were almost programmed to do it because you're an entrepreneur. You know, there's nothing pretty about it. There's nothing. There's no smooth sail. It's not pretty. It's so. So why would you do it three times unless you're a masochist? (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, I, I, I swear to you for the life of me, I cannot answer that. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's it's a, it's something deep in my subconscious. It's a, it's a programming. I don't know. I don't know. I, I wish really? I wish I knew why. I I don't know. Uh, but now Man. after the third one, I've I've told myself, hey, stop. You know, I've I've very <laughs> very consciously told myself no more new businesses. I mean, you know, we we might you know expand the group. We might import another business, get an agency for something else. But I won't. I don't think. I don't think I'll start something from scratch again. To be honest. Why? Why not? I'm just curious. I don't know how much more I would be able to. I mean. I don't know. Again, I think it's. I think it's enough, and I think if I if I have any any energy left, I might as well focus on what I have started, and what's already there. You know, oh, so then, I think that's your answer right there. Yeah, because I think then that's I your think, answer right there. Yeah, I think it would get, your your focus would get. You know, you you you've started three. Focus on three. You know what I mean? If if it's it, there's a big difference between you deciding to have three kids or you deciding to have twelve kids. You know, if you have three kids, you you know you and I listen. I don't want to do the whole thing where I say my business is my baby and all that crap. I don't want to do all that. <laughs> but 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 you know what I mean. If you have three kids, you'll mm-hmm. be able to give them more love, more attention, more nurturing, etc. And 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 do a better job. Let's say. No, I, I think that's beautiful because, you know, it's funny now that you mentioned it, that I think you 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 have the answer right there. Having more would would mean you have less time to do the things you love and, and also to put the energy in your business. We all know any entrepreneur knows that time is the issue. It's not about money. Like when you work for somebody, people think, oh, somebody told me early today. Hey, man, I wish I, I, I had financially free, financial freedom, Glenn, so I could do more. I was like, listen you're going to be thinking about um, creating the business and making it thrive and building it. So you're not going to have, you're not going to be sitting on some beach somewhere. At least I don't think unless you own a, unless you own property on a beach, but you are not going to, it's not what you think. It's, it's difficult, but the rewarding part, as you mentioned, is, is focus. You can focus on parts of the business and you could decide how much enough enough is. When you work with somebody, they'll tell you how much enough is. They'll tell you, Oh, we're expanding. Like I worked a business and, um, one of my friends worked a certain area of the business. He was doing very well in the business. And then his, um, the person that owned the business said, hey, we're going to sell tents now. And it was an electronics business. And the person said, hey, we're going to sell tents and supplies. And now you're going to have to learn about tents and supplies. And he was like, I like it as a hobby, but I don't want to sell them. But he didn't have the choice. You and I and people who work for themselves, you have the choice of, hey, I'm not going to do that. This yeah. doesn't feel like I want to go in that direction. So I think that's where, 
um, just my thoughts on why you, you, you're, you're not expanding and opening another business because you want to focus, you want to drill down, and you don't want your energy scattered about and not have time to enjoy the fruits of your labor is my thoughts. <laughs> I mean, look, honestly, like, uh, yeah, you, you said that, you worded that very nicely. Um, so I think there's, there's two things here. One, you know, like I said, expanding is an option. Expanding is always an option, whether you expand the things you've created, whether, like I said, whether we, we you know, we, we import a business from abroad, that's also an option. I was purely talking about starting something. Um, now, going back to that point, any business you start has to at some point run passively. It has to. It has to be able to run without you, but that doesn't mean you're not present. It doesn't mean you're, as you said, you know, lost on a beach somewhere. You're still involved, but uh, like, for example, now, you know, the, the, the barbershop's running. I'm talking to you. I don't have to be in the barbershop. You know, it's running without me. You know, it's, it's, it's got a supervisor and it's got a manager. And, uh, but every now and then you got to pop in, you know? But it's yeah. important for it to run passively. Any business you start, it has to run without you. And that can only happen by, as you said, by delegating and by, you know, uh, passing on your values, first and foremost, values. And then I think the, the what's the word I'm looking for? The tools and then handing them the tools. Yes, I, I agree. And one thing that I'm, I'm glad you said that is you talked about um, it passively working. And a lot of people start out saying it, they want it to passively work and for the, the business to work for them. But you put time. And so the question to ask you was how much time did you put in a barbershop before it was able to run with the, the people that you put in, 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 um, in charge? <laughs> well, it's interesting because it's the work you put in that makes it run passively. It's, it's, you know, that's, that's why I said first you, you know, you pass on your values, then you pass on the tools. So the values of the business not the values of right and wrong, because you can never teach someone that. You can only inspire them. You can't teach them. So character, 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 then skill. Character, mm. character, character, then skill. Yeah. No, I, I think that's beautiful. I have a friend, Kamal, who has a barbershop, and he, and he had, I think, he had like 10 or 12 locations, and he said every yeah. barbershop he opened, he worked one year at the barbershop. I'm like, yeah. really? Yeah. And, and, and he said, I want them to see how I do it. And, you know, cause you could yeah. tell somebody how to do something and then they never mm -hmm. see you and then they'll do what they want to do. And, um, yeah, so I like the fact that he worked alongside the guys, got a, got a vibe for them and then, um, and then, and then moved on. So question as an entrepreneur, when you had like, cause I think that the part that I kind of, um, like is when you said you, you set people up there and then you, you're still a presence because some people, when they disappear, people get ideas. Have you ever in any of your businesses had it set up and then had to deal with some, an unsavory situation where somebody decided to take advantage of you not being there? Absolutely. God, yes. Share, if you don't mind. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I want to hear this because, yeah, please. I mean, look, um, first of all, I, I have to say that, you know, I love all my guys at the moment the the team we have fantastic. I love them. I trust them. It's, it's just amazing guys. But it wasn't always the case. You know, uh, when we first started out, we had a we had different staff. We had different barbers. We had different um, and even in the even in the head office, because that's that's where my office is, the head office. Um, so even even in the office, you know, we, we had uh, we had people that were, you know, uh, that uh, whose values did not match ours, 
um, <laughs> and some of them had been there for a very very long time and they had their claws in a lot of things so it took time to declaw <laughs> and uh, <laughs> finally you know uh, part ways and as amicable as you try to be it's not always the case you know that i know that so yes yes you know what that's as they say when you know and the cat's away that's always going to be play, the case. right <laughs> it's always going to be the case these people no longer work with you but you still take the road of like you know what i don't want to throw them under the bus they may have did things that were not in in line with what i did and i think that also shows what type of of person you are i have a question to ask you about the leather business how did that get started and what's the inspiration behind that it's not in any stores yet a lot of big department stores have have tried you know to kind of stock our bags and we started this thing in 2017 five years ago we want to do an exclusive thing we don't want something that's very available we don't want something that's mass produced even though that is the right way to go let me be honest that is the right way to go if you're looking to start a business you have to think of you know uh, premium product reasonable price you have to think of those things but you know that i think the ethos or you know the, the brand signature was different it, it needed to be niche but it is very affordable but it's not always available so that's what we wanted to do so it's uh, again it's we only sell through through people through contacts through instagram through the pieces are not always available and they're always made in, in a limited amount luckily i have two sisters who help me with the bag designs and you know use more of this and less of that and because i know if, if they would use it then probably doing something right so, right. yeah. so is this like is, is this like purses or is this something is this men men's bags too or just for women basically it's uh, men's as well, mostly women, mostly handbags. So the brand falls in two categories. The accessories, the wallet, the card holders, and the phone cases, those are always available. And then the bags. The bags are not always available. And we had this one uh, very influential woman in town. A couple of months back, she WhatsApps me and she says, well, what do you guys have in stock? I sent her like, I sent six bags to her office and uh, three came back. So... <laughs> So I'm like, okay, if this woman would buy three of our bags, we're probably on the right track. But, uh, no, you know, it's not going to be like this forever. Now it's still, it's still not where it's going to be. Let's see. Let's see how that goes. So my final question to you is if you could have a conversation, and this is for my entrepreneurs out there. Sure. If you could have a conversation with your younger self, what are some of the things that you might have told yourself about business? Can I change that business. up a little bit? Certainly. I would go Certainly. back to when I was much younger. Okay. And I wouldn't what, give What a, age? Uh, maybe five, six. Okay. Or even yeah, 12. Yeah, I like this. And I would, just, I would just hug this kid and I'll say, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm here. That's all I would say. I wouldn't give any business advice. I'd be like, don't worry. I'm here. I'd say that while hugging this kid. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And I want to, and, and can I push you on that? What, why, why would you do that? What would, what would be your reason behind it? Because I think that, at, you know, that kid back then needed that. And I think that uh, reassurance would go a long way. Sure. Now I'm going to reverse it. Okay. Let's say in your, in your, in like your early 20s, let's say like maybe 1920, what advice would you take? from that young 20 year old that maybe you were doing back then that maybe you stopped doing. So the younger person is advising you, Hey, don't forget we used to do this. And it was very helpful. 
I would uh, prioritize more. I would say I would. Wow, it's a very very nice question, Glenn. You and your <laughs> questions, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Um, Yo, we, I can don't edit, know. we can edit down, so don't worry. Take your time. Take your yeah, time. I, I mean, know you I, got I something there. I, I think. Damn, I don't know. I don't know. Wait, so, I, I'm, I'm going to rephrase it. Maybe yeah, okay. something that, you know, um, I'll give an example. Hmm. When I was younger, let's say 1920, any idea that I had, whether somebody had been doing it for years, if I decided that that was something I was going to do, I, I went on top of that and I focused on it and I wasn't easily dissuaded. I didn't look so far ahead to get discouraged by what the process would be. I set out with what I knew and I just made things happen. Yeah. And then when I got older, I started to analyze things a, a bit more. And then sometimes I don't execute on things from, so I do execute on them, but it takes me much longer than it did when I was younger, when I was like, yeah. I'm gonna do this thing and it's gonna happen. And I'm getting that back because I'm listening to the younger me about executing and realizing that all of those folks that would tell you, hey, take your time. If you go and check their history, because social media and the internet leaves a history, you can see that they got to where they were at by executing, right, making right, mistakes, right. learning. And so that's what, that's what the 19-year-old me says to me. Okay. Execute. Okay, okay. <laughs> I guess I'll give you two answers. So I'd start with, now I'm, I'm turning 37 soon. So if I go back to, uh, let's say, 23, 24, I would say, or even younger, I would say learn financial literacy. That's the most important advice I would give. Learn financial literacy, learn how to save, etc., etc. And now if we reverse it, my early 20s, what, what would say back to me at this age is, okay, fine, you remember to prioritize fun. That's, that's probably mm. what, what he would say. You remember to, I'll, I'll learn financial literacy or whatever the hell you just said, but, <laughs> but, but you have fun. So Give I, me some I think more so, about yeah. the fun. Give me some huh? more about the fun. What, um, why why would he recording. be advising I'm you kidding. to fun? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, just, you know, just important to prioritize it. You know what I mean? Just just have that, uh, make time for it. Make time to have a good time. You know, find that your own unique balance. Find your own way to, you know, you know, have the, yes, you're passionate about work. You're passionate about the businesses. You like working. Great. But, you know, as they say, work and play. Do both. So make sure you, you have time to, you know, socialize, enjoy, etc., um, you know, carefully because great advice, you know, COVID. No, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, that's great advice because yeah. a lot of times, you know what I, I, I figured out, I realized that the more, um, a lot of the business people that I meet, mm. they have everything so organized. Mm. It's like a prison almost like I, I have this amount of time to do this and then this and that. And I'm like, when do you have time for fun? They're like, you don't have time for that Glenn. Mm. And I'm like, well, isn't the whole point of, all of the things that we're doing so we could do more of what we want to do. Yes. And, and so I love that advice. And I hope if anybody's listening, you listen to that advice because I think we can get to a point where we're not living anymore. We're just existing to pay bills and, and to build bigger things. But at the same time, just creating more and more unfun and pleasant things to do as opposed to doing more of what we want to do. These little things that we do, these day-to-day -day things, if you stop doing the things that make you feel like you, you stop feeling like you. Right? So if you want to ride your bike, for God's sake, ride your bike. 
okay? If, if there's a specific uh, coffee you want to get from this coffee shop you tried once and you, you'd be like, you know what? This would make my day. For God's sake, go and have that coffee. Because you are dedicated to your job. You are dedicated to... You're not going to slack. You're not going to forget. You're not going to... It's not going to happen. But these things, these little things make a very big difference. So you have to do them. I have a question okay, for you um, before you, before yes, you yes. let me go. Yes, yes. Name three or five people you would like to have dinner with, living or dead. Living or dead. Yeah. They could be anyone. Gandhi. Huh? Gandhi is the first. Yes, yes. Malcolm X. Nice. Um, Muhammad Ali. Mm. Steve Jobs. And who else? I gotta go with. Hmm, that's a tough one. Who is that last person? <laughs> Damn, that's a good. This is a really. This is a tough one. I'm gonna go and I'm going to say Martha Stewart. Okay. I know it's very odd, Martha Stewart. Okay, okay, no, all right. That that would make a very interesting uh, <laughs> evening, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, man. Yeah. Nice. Um, they all have a little bit of something. Yes. That um that I I really that that kind of resonates with me. Oh, I would love to 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 um to delve in more. But I really loved all of the advice you gave and 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 like i said again your approach to life in general it's so different than i'm used to dealing with thank you thank you honestly uh and thank you for your time really glenn honestly uh thank you very much for your time and for amazing questions as always thank you for tuning into the nine five killers podcast you can now visit us at nine five killers.com we truly appreciate your continued support without you this couldn't be possible take care of yourselves and keep killing those comfort zones. Until next time, peace.